guys, welcome to Touched by Prayer. Woo! It is going to be a fantastic night. I am so excited. I have Adrian Beale in the house. Oh my gosh. And we're going to talk about angels. Come on. Does it get better? Does it get any better? Seriously. Okay. So as lots of you guys know, let me take off my glasses. So as lots of you guys know, like, so angels is like my love language. I love to talk about angels. There's so much. They're 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 here. They're all around us. I've I've seen them. I've interacted with them. And so when this book came out, um, by both Adrian Beale and Adam Thompson, I was like, okay, when it's written, you have to come on my show. You have to come on my show. And well, I have one of them. <laughs> I'm working on getting at them, and then maybe I'll even bring them back again so that they can we can do uh, the two of them. But for today, I have Adrian in the house. He's actually he is here from Australia, so he's actually not here, but you know he's in Australia. So we're going to talk to him about angels. We're going to talk about his newest book, uh, The Divinity Code: How to Understand Angels. So without further ado, Mr. Adrian Biel. Hey, Adrian! Thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. Hi there. I Good am to see so you. excited. Good to see. I recognize some of the people that are actually watching, so it's wonderful. Okay, well, let's see who's here. Oh my gosh, we got lots of people. Yes, we do. Hi, guys. Okay, so this book, my gosh, this book is going to be, this is a game changer for a lot of people because I think so many people have had fascinations with angels. And of course, you guys have had interactions <laughs> with angels. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the things about your ministry is that the angels are always there to assist you and to co-labor with you. So let's let's start there. Why don't we talk about what it is to co-labor with angels? Okay, so um, first of all, just let everyone know that we have prayed prior to the program because, of course, uh, we need God in our, in our in this place and in our lives. Amen. Amen. So we're, not just, we're just not just jumping in raw. No. You know, whenever, <laughs> do you know when that uh, when Jesus was uh, walked on the water, and the, he it says in the book of Mark that he went to walk past the disciples who were rowing, and also in Luke twenty four when it says that they were they'd come on their way to Emmaus. And the two disciples were, you know, they were downcast because they thought everything was going to happen for them and that the breaking of the, the revelation, you know, the resurrection hadn't hit them yet. Uh, it says that Jesus made his, himself to to walk. He made out to walk on. He would have walked on unless they'd invited him in. Well, you think about that. Both of those scenarios, both on the water and uh, as they're on their way to Emmaus and where they stop where they're going to stay the night, uh, they both post-resurrection images because there's there's a scene that's being played out. And what Jesus is teaching us there is that we can launch into things without inviting the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is very sensitive and we need to invite the Holy Spirit to be part of the ministry. And that so is we have so we important. I and I I 100 percent and um not, not to interrupt you, but there's a reason. Um, that I usually pray off air. I always pray off air with every single one of my guests. That's always something I do. But um, uh, if you would like to, just because of the topic and the conversation, would you mind like praying? Because like I said, we usually do it beforehand. But just because of this particular conversation, we want to keep things biblical. We'd like to keep things in alignment and we don't need to have any interference. So would you mind praying again? 
So, Father, we do thank you and we present our hearts to you. But we acknowledge that you are the king and you are enthroned right now. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and enjoin with us. Come and lead us, guide us, inspire us, bring revelation to us. And we also invite the angels and all those that are watching right now and may be watching this uh, currently, but they may watch it uh, as they watch the replay. Father, we invite angels to interact and to minister to them and for their um, senses and their ability to understand your angels and what the angels are doing around their lives in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. Cause I, I just felt like when you said that, I like something inside, I said, Ooh, okay. So this particular show, we're going to, we're going to do that. Like I said, I, I pray before every single show, but I sometimes feel it's something to be done off air because it, it I just feel that it's been, it's been blessed, but I'm, I'm glad that, that you said what you said, because I think especially I think there's so much misunderstanding that we want to make sure that when we present this, we present it properly. Absolutely. And, you know, this is called Touch by Prayer. And many of the, those that are watching would be intercessors. And, of course, they are like the, um, they're like the artillery. Uh, and they are actually calling on angels to, do, to go into spiritual warfare as the revelations released to them. And they dispatch. And as they start to speak, uh, angels go to work. Normally, Lisa, I am provocative in my audiences and I say that the angels come to uh, come to earth or come to this realm through your mouth. And, uh, you know, while people are trying to physically imagine angels coming through their mouths, it's not so much what they do physically. Remember this, that the kingdom of heaven is within you. So you are a portal yourself into another realm. But when you start to speak, angels go to work. Now, um, it's not just anything that we would say, but it's as we receive revelation from heaven. Uh, as we receive revelation and we start to speak and flow in that, then angels go to work. Um, you, you'd read that both in the Divinity Code uh, Guide to Angels, uh, the A to Z to Angels, but you'd also read it in uh, my book called, uh, I call it HIPS, which is called Hidden in Plain Sight or Kingdom mm -hmm. Mysteries, Hidden in Plain Sight. So that, yes, that book there. Um, Adam Thompson is, is the co-author and Adam is a seer prophet. I'm more like the prophetic teacher mm -hmm. of the two of them. And so it, it is quite a dyna dynamic uh, combination or a synergy between the two of us as we, as we, as a way, intersect and provide, um, I guess, um, rounds of information or rounds of revelation from two angles. Yes. Um, please. No, well, um, I, okay. So, so in this book, because I do want to talk about the book, but I also, I do want to also talk about like some of the things that you guys have noticed, like, especially during your readings, because there's that, not something you talk about in the book is that the angels actually, they, they show up, correct? Yes. You know, we've had many people, uh, if you look through um, our YouTube uh, selection of Adrian Beale and Adam Thompson YouTubes, mm -hmm. and you would look through some of our Facebook posts you'll see um, children, particularly children, pick up on seeing angels more than adults uh, as a general rule. And so they see angels ministering with us. Uh, my experience is that as, as I'm perhaps interpreting a dream or interpreting a vision, I will get revelation that's not coming through my mental faculty. It's just mm -hmm. like, oh, and it, it gives me a flow of thought. And suddenly, uh, 
I'm starting to speak things as I, you know, get get into that place. Um, and then afterwards, you, people will come up and say, as you were saying that, I saw an angel whispering into your mouth and I heard him speaking to you. And then you would say this or you would call out this person or that person. And so uh, it's like that. Uh, you, you're not always personally aware, but when, when thoughts come out of the blue, all right, uh, mm -hmm. uh, they often are inspired or, or carried by angels. Now, I think it's important to understand that uh, we're not going to necessarily have angelic encounters or angelic interaction if we're just sitting on the couch, you know, watching Netflix or whatever it happens to be. But when you are about the Father's business, when you are about kingdom ministry and you're putting yourself out there, God comes through. And, of course, the angels are angels are there in the forefront of the battle. You know, and, and if you're in the back lines and you're recuperating, that's fine. Maybe angels are actually working on dealing with some issues for you. But primarily they're there on the forefront of uh, the acts in the acts of faith. OK, so I have a question. Yes. Um, so we are assigned angels, correct? Correct. OK, so so everybody gets a guardian angel that that's like everybody gets one. But yes. people get different angels. <clears throat> excuse me, based, based on their, um, their calling, correct? Yeah, I, I would say they're yeah, on their calling or ministry assignment or on their, the divine scroll. Yes. Okay. And they, they, they can be adjoined to you, uh, as you journey into your un, unrolling your scroll. Okay. Right. And so, um, you know, if once you start to, it's a bit like uh, what Jesus said is you take that talent from the man who's not using it and give it to somebody else. And so angels can be reassigned or angels can be assigned. So Adam and myself, I think Adam's got five angels and I've, and I've seen three angels that, that, that are assigned to me at different times. Right. And I think that sometimes, like you said, sometimes they, they come and then they, then they go. Correct. One of the angels that came to me was the angel of justice came to ice. Okay. Wow. Which was, well, was crazy. <laughs> we certainly are in a place where we need justice right now. Well, and this happened a while ago. And it was interesting okay. because when, when justice came, when, um, at least for me, when I feel an angel, there, there, sometimes I could usually feel an angel. <laughs> I could feel the presence of God. And depending, depending on the level of angel, um, sometimes I have an, a, a physical-like reaction. So sometimes I actually start bending over <laughs> because the presence of God is so strong that it brings you to your knees. And it, it talks about that in the Bible, that they that they fell, they fell on their faces. Correct. Yes. Yes. I mean, okay. And I think that's a good testimony to the veracity or the truth of someone sharing their angel uh, angelic encounters. When you as a, a person listening to that story uh, feel the presences also. It, it, to me, it's like a witness that what they're saying is the glory still there in what they're sharing. Correct. Yeah, we don't understand all the dimensions and frequencies that are going on, but there's that there's a witness within you of uh, some sort of in, angelic interaction. I think what what is important is a lot of people want to see angels. Um, uh, just take it. I see Jennifer's there. She wants to know if I have an angel. You, you have to take it that you do have an angel. I mean, Jesus talked about the children and their angels being presenting themselves before the father. And so, um, you know, you, 
be confident and act in faith. Don't doubt the fact that there are angels there with you. And angels actually go before you. But I think it's really important here to understand that most angelic activity is not seen. And, and so everybody wants to have an angelic encounter, but it's almost like it's so something we can put a notch on our gun belt, you know, and so yeah. we can start to, you know, you know, show how spiritual we are because of the number of angelic encounters that we may have had. But it's, I think it's important that script in Scripture you see lots of uh, angelic activity that doesn't get necessarily the um, – is not the focal point of what's going on. For example, when Joshua – Joshua in the book of Joshua, I think it's in chapter five, where he meets with the Lord of hosts, the commander of the Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, angels, armies. And so there he is. And then you don't see or you don't see or it's not reported by the spirit of God as Moses recounts that and writes. Uh, well, sorry, as, as as it's written in Joshua, should I say, it's, it's not recounted that the angels actually push down the walls. But why would why would God be directing Moses? Uh, uh, you know, uh, Joshua, should I say, why would he be yeah. directing jo Joshua to employ a certain tactic as the Lord of hosts unless angels are involved? Mm, All right. So, so angels are involved in, in, in that supernatural feat of the walls coming down. Mm. Uh, as long as God's people were, uh, remember that, that they kept their mouths shut. They didn't, we weren't allowed to speak. And so they mm -hmm. weren't allowed to nullify faith in a sense and they, they were only able to speak speak through the shofar or the shofars as, as they were blasting the priests seven priests bearing seven trumpets and so on for 13 times around uh, um, jericho and so it, it really is important to understand that you don't want to speak doubt and unbelief but you want to be speaking in faith and one of the things that we i go into in the book is the tongues of angels and the parallel between that and the, the use of the shofar and the silver trumpets but that's another story. Um, another example of that, Lisa, of uh, angels not being, in a sense, seen or uh, expressed, is when Jesus meets the centurion in Matthew chapter 8, and he, the centurion tells him and recounts the fact that he understands the hierarchy, you know, that of, you know, I say a word and my servant comes and my slave goes. Uh, and because of his understanding in the natural realm, there is a parallel in the spirit. You don't hear and see the, the angel or the activity of the angel, but Jesus just says confidently that it, this is servant, uh, and in John it's his son, is, is healed. And the, of course, the angels then are dispatched to bring healing in that situation. So it's not recorded. Okay. Likewise, you know, there's lots of examples through scripture. You know, remember in Second Chronicles 20, when they went out to worship God, uh, you know, they were fa facing the Philistines, I think it was. Uh, no, actually, it may have been the, um, who were, it wasn't the Philistines in that situation, but they were facing an en a, a foe, an enemy, and they went out worshipping. And as they went out worshipping, the Lord caused ambushments amongst the enemy. You know, what do you think was taking place there? Uh, the, the, angels, the angels were invoked uh, yep. and... Uh, they, they were assigned uh, to bring confusion in the enemy's camp. And there are multiple places like that. And, so, and Malachi, go on, sorry. No, I was going to say, because what you just said brings a um, just a question. Do you think that there are some people who attract angels more so than others just because they know how to interact with them? Yes. Like Kathy Walters, for instance. The girl, oh, the Kathy. woman has some serious angels around her. I, I, I interviewed her and it was like, these angels like hung around her. 
uh, Kathy is a good friend, and Kathy um, will will tell you that. Um, initially, she didn't see angels, but she started to make that a confession. She said, "I see angels every day," and then it became a reality. That's so good. That's a, that's a good key. That's a really good a key. major key. Yes. Yes, uh, and so you're not just saying it though, but you're you're believing it in your heart. Your heart yeah. and your mouth have to align. That's truth when your heart and your mouth align. And so as you start to speak it and believe it, it becomes a reality. Um, what I was going to say is that, you know, as in that Second Chronicles passage, when they started to worship, that, that is a major key as well for angelic activity. Um, uh, so, for example, it, when we start to worship, we're actually declaring Jesus' lordship. You know, it says in Psalm 103, verse 20, it says, Praise the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength. Now, it says, hearkening unto his voice, doing his commands, depending on your translation of that. Uh, that's I, normally, normally I ring, read Old King James, but I just, you know, modernize it as I'm recounting it. In, so in, in verse 20, it says that angels do his word. Uh, and Adam and I always believe that it's not anything that we say, it's what God says through us in the sense that as we receive revelation, then angels go to work as we start to speak in line with that revelation. Right? And as we make a decree or as we start to speak in alignment with that. It's interesting that the verse before that, the, so the, Psalm 103 verse 20 that was, but Psalm 103 verse 19 says, the Lord is, is enthroned in heaven. And, and, right, and so it's important to understand that King that Jesus is King Jesus is enthroned right now. A lot of people, their understanding is that in the future there will be a dispensation when Jesus was on the throne. Uh, to me, that's the carrot that's dangled that we never arrive at. And I, I believe that that is going to be fulfilled. But we need to understand that spiritually, in eternity, Jesus is enthroned now. And so, people who struggle with speaking in tongues and the 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 um, the reality of angels uh, are, could be dispensationalist in the sense that they think that was for a time past and for a time future, not realizing our access through uh, into that kingdom now. And uh, so let me just finish this, Lisa. Yeah. But so what, what is important is that when we start to worship, we're actually declaring that he's enthroned. And so, for example, when Jesus led captivity captive and gave gifts to men, that was his enthronement. All right, he—that's he, a—that's a triumphant king returning to the to his castle, as it were, or his, the seat of his throne, and he's taking—he's bringing all of us who were in that train, all of us who were captives, and now he's distributing the gifts and the treasures that the enemies hidden from us and taken from us, and so. Uh, then we, if we understand that Jesus is enthroned now, as we start to worship, it becomes that, that the kingdom's in operation. And as the kingdom's in operation, then angels go to work. Mm -hmm. That's good. It, it, it's, it really is a major key. You know, let me just as digress a moment. I've been studying the two te tests of Christ, one going through Matthew and one going through Luke, you know, where the temptations is, you know, with the devil you know, turn the stone into bread and so on. In Matthew's gospel, it shows you how to become a, a kingdom warrior. There's a progression there. And in Luke's gospel, there's a, there's a, the how we have to conquer the, the world. 
And so you have to overcome the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And in in Matthew's gospel, the ultimate in Matthew's gospel. So first of all, Jesus says man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word spoken from the mouth of God. That's the key. The key of that is we need revelation. All right. And that's the first step. The second step is when he says um, uh, how he says, um, he says, you shall not doubt the Lord your God. And what that means is, uh, or you should not test the Lord by God. And it, they tested God at Mara. They doubted that God was amongst them. That's why I'm saying it's important that you don't doubt the fact that angels are here. And in a sense, what that does is doubt, doubt what it does is it rem- says that your heart and your head are not in agreement. All right. You might be p- confessing one thing with your mouth, but your heart doesn't believe that. And so what's important is that we receive revelation and then we line our mouth up with the revelation that we've got because that's in our heart. And then finally, it says, you know, Satan suggests to him, the devil says, suggests to him that if you'll bow down and worship me, then I'll give you all these things. Jesus said, you should worship the Lord thy God and him, him, should, only him should you serve. Worship is the declaration of the, the establishment of his kingdom. All right. And so as we get revelation, we align our heart and head together. That's unity. That's truth coming from our mouth. And then as we worship, the kingdom's in operation. And then angels are dispatched according to Psalm 103, verses 19 and 20. So that's an important progression for us. Well, and I think that that it's it's really important for us to, to understand that that the angels that have been assigned, that they have an assignment. They're not just here like picking daisies, like they're here for kingdom works. And when you were talking about kingdom, it just makes sense because that's what the angels are here to do. It's it's here to do the work of the father. It's here to do the work of God. That's what they were created for. And it says that, that they're here to help us, that they're here to help us to accomplish. So there's, there's an interesting dynamic that happens with angels when you become aware, because when they they come there's a reason so when some people are like oh i want to see angels yeah but there has to be a reason they're not just going to come and be like hey how you doing (laughs) you know they're they're coming for a purpose they have a plan and just like you were you were actually saying earlier about the um the angelic tongue see i truly believe that that there is an angelic tongue amen now is that something that you guys have found out yes so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that I open up in the one of the last few chapters of the book, that mm-hmm. the tongues of men and tongues of angels. And Paul wasn't just using that as a comparison between the gilded tongues of angels and the corrupt tongues of men. You know, he was, I believe that there is a link through scripture. I think it's really important that we see scripture not, we tend to, some people have a mindset that's Old Testament, this is New Testament. We need to understand eternity and we, we don't truly understand the eternal realm. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a lot, there's a lot of material there, and uh, there's a lot of material if you wanted to explore that in Kingdom Mysteries, hidden in plain sight. But that's yeah, which is a great to... book, by the way. Great, great book. It is. Mm-hmm. But there are churches doing that and studying that book. Uh, they want to grow in the understanding of the kingdom, and they're studying that in their smaller groups. And so the men and women's groups and stuff like that are doing studies uh, through that because you know they want to not just be kingdom by name, but they want to mm-hmm. actually be kingdom experience. And so that's very good for that. I'm seeing those comments too. That's very good. Yeah. And so the more we worship, yes, the more we worship, the angels are there. So, mm-hmm. Paige, that's very good. And um, and when we do entertain angels unawares and they can come to us as angels. In the flesh. You know, 
or as people, they can come to us as people. You mm-hmm. know, how we respond maybe to that drunk that comes up to us with a tooth missing, you know, that sort of thing in our heart towards that person uh, could well be our interaction with God and God testing our hearts. Because you remember I said before that in Matthew it shows us getting revelation, having alignment between our heart and our head, and then uh, being in a place of worship. In a place of constant worship is the place of God's kingdom and enthronement. And that's where he has rule and reign. And that's where angels are working. In Luke's gospel, uh, it go, comes to a place where you have to, where God wants us to grow in the lust of the, overcoming the lust of the, uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And when it comes to the end there, obviously humility is important. All right. And patience is, is part of that. And ultimately we overcome the, the pride of life through actually embracing love, the father's love and becoming a displays of his love because one of the attributes of love, now love is long-suffering and all those sort of things, but it's patient and it's kind. Mm. That patient, you know, in Ecclesiastes 7, I think it says, it says rather to be, it's better to be patient of spirit than proud of spirit. And so often the very opposite of pride can be patience. Yes. And, and so a good measure of how you're going is how much you demand attention straight away and how frustrated you may get in the traffic. Um and so all of us uh, are growing in our awareness uh, or are uh, growing in our humility. And a lot of things, I see a lot of people with ministries that are very, very powerful spiritual ministries, but God also wants them to grow in terms of overcoming the things of the world. Uh, That's one, so John's good. Very, one John is very good in that. And so you wonder sometimes why people can have such a powerful ministry and yet their character doesn't match their ministry because they haven't grown through the test things that as Luke depicts in through the temptation or the test. Right. And I go ahead. No, no, I was going to, you can finish. Go ahead. Well, the two tests in Matthew and Luke actually change order, which means that it's not purely lineal. All right. As well. Mm -hmm. So our growth is linear. We might you know, be in stage three of uh, spiritual growth, but then move back to stage one or stage two. And, got, you know, in a sense that we we have to embrace that and live that, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, every one of us is growing in the Lord, and I'm looking at some Jennifer's comments and so on, and none of us can say that we have arrived. Um, Adam and I would be the first to say, look, you know, if there's somebody perfect in the audience, can they pray for us because we haven't arrived yet? You know, and mm. so we are growing as well and our vocabulary in the spirit is growing as well and everybody who's watching this right now your vocab or your vocabulary or understanding of angels interaction and even of how the kingdom and the lord works with us you you're actually learning and your vocabulary is increasing as you go now much of what we do adam and i is interpreting of dreams and visions and um, natural encounters now sometimes the people that you see in your dreams can be angels as well and so that's why that's why this book has a dictionary at the end of it, not only for dreams, but sometimes even though you may not see the angel, there can be their fingerprint or their evidence of them there. Now, I've been in, in my garden just recently and feathers keep falling. All right. Now, I, I look, I'm going, you know, there's no <laughs> birds there. And I went, oh, okay. Are they big I, ones I, or I, little ones? They're little ones, just little yeah. feathers coming mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uncanny. I, I walk from one side of my garden to the other and a feather mm-hmm. will come down yep. and, and again. And I'm going, okay, Lord, you're with me. You know, I, I thank you. And and I think it's important also to ask why. You know, whenever you are trying to interpret what God's saying through that, you, you should ask yourself why. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's God's presence, maybe it's a health issue or maybe it's a, a reassurance issue or, you know, that sort of thing. Or maybe God's priming me for this this broadcast here today, those sort of things. Well, I've, I've been praying for angels for this broadcast. So I did do that. So if I start itching my nose, you'll know that the angels have come. But one of the things, um, because so many people are so afraid, Adrian, they're so afraid of like asking an angel or or telling an angel to do something because they think that they're they're blaspheming or they're doing something wrong and and I was I was so like that and somebody told yes. me they they said well you you should partner with your angels and I'm like oh I don't know about that so I asked the lord and I said I said lord I said I do am I allowed to talk to angels am I allowed to partner with angels and this is this is the analogy that he gave me and he said, Lisa, he said, if I was the president of the United States, he said, and you are my child and you're with the Secret Service and you become hungry. He said, do you call me to go get something to eat or do you tell them? He says, okay. he says, if you tell the Secret Service that you're hungry, they're going to go and get you what you need because they're but they're not going to do anything outside of something that I don't want. So if it's something that you need, you can ask because it's, if it's in my will, now if you if you said to the Secret Service, go do something crazy, they wouldn't do it. They would ignore it. They would say, no, I'm not Correct. doing that. I'd have, or I have to talk to your father. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have to go talk to your father about this. So what the Lord started to talk to me about and and he, he gave me this incredible vision where I, I was actually praying and then my, my prayer language changed and it was a different prayer language than I typically had. And as I was like praying in this crazy prayer language, all of a sudden these angels came in like thousands of them just boom, they just came in. And I, and I was like, I pulled back in my couch because they were, there were so many in here. And then all of a sudden I continued to pray. And as I was continuing to pray, they were being released. Boom, 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 boom. So the Lord started to show me. He said, do you see that as you speak, they're being sent on assignment? So then he did it again. But the second time that he did it, he put people's, I saw people's faces. Yes. And so I would see their face and then I would see the angel. So I knew because I wasn't speaking of my language, I was speaking of of the angels to tell them what to do. But I was also speaking through the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knew what they needed. I don't know what they need, but the Holy Spirit knew what they needed. So I was just being that vessel. Yes. I think there's a difference between when we're priming the pump, we can Mm -hmm. go shandala, and suddenly another takes over. Right. All right. And that's, to me, that's when God's using you as a vessel. Correct. All right. All right. And also in worship, when, we lose ourselves in worship, then God takes over. Yes. All right? And because we're giving ourselves fully to him, then God uses us as the, that channel. Adam and I would direct people and say to them, it's not primarily at our command. It's when we, we, we recount the revelation God's given us. And so as we speak in line with that, that thought that comes out of the blue, we go, oh, and then we start to declare that. I had a thought this morning, uh, that the sins of the Amorites is not yet full. And I was praying for the United States, all right? And I went, Thank oh, okay, you. so that's that's the word for, for, okay, the sins of the Amorites is not yet full. Okay, and so if I wanted to carry that on and I could I could start to pray through that um, Genesis 15 
uh, verse 16. All right, so Lord, you are going to deal with those situations. And the, it's interesting, the word Amorite means to boast self. All right, and so there's pride and boastfulness. All right, so you go, okay, so I can actually see that in what's going on and taking place. And so, God, I thank you that you've got this all, all in hand and that you're, you are doing great things. One of the things, if we, if we were to tie this with what's going on today, and I think what you said there, Lisa, is very, very important because as we do lose ourselves in tongues, then God's doing it anyway. This is the Spirit of God doing it through us. And I think it's wonderful. And I think intercessors have that experience where they actually see people's faces or names come to mind and they're starting, they're praying in the spirit and God's assigning angels to that. But what, what I was going to say today is it's interesting that we are in the, the decade of pay or the mouth. All right. And angels come to work through our mouth in the sense that they they do God's bidding or the bidding of his word. And as we echo that word, angels go and are dispatched. All right. Uh, and you know, is one, one of the interesting things about that is this, you know, it says in the book of Hebrews, that, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth for the years of salvation? Well, in Greek, the word is dia for the word for, it means through. And so are they not all ministering spirits or sent forth through the years of salvation so it both on two levels it applies and so they come to earth through us it's interesting also lisa and you would have read as you were previewing the book that it it, it talks about i talk about angels ascending and descending you see yep. that in genesis 28 and you see that in john uh 151 when jesus has an encounter with nathaniel uh, it's interesting. Why would God say, or why would it say in scriptures that angels are first ascending and then descending? You know, if they're in heaven and heaven is remote or above us, why aren't they first descending and then ascending? Uh, that is because they're already here. All right. And as we start to pray and as we start to speak, they carry those prayers to the Father and He responds with the revelation, with the insight. And so often, uh, you'll see that that uh, angels, uh, there's a parallel between manna in the wilderness, it's angel food, and Jesus, you know, in John 4, he goes, you know, uh, he said, I've got food to eat that you don't, know, you, don't, you don't know of. Obviously, he's receiving revelation from the Father. He's eating angels' food, revelation, and then he's, then he's doing that work, the will of the Father, all right, in ministering to the um, Samaritan woman there. All right, so it's important to understand that as we pray, they carry it and they descend with a response. And sometimes that's revelation. That revelation feeds us and that revelation sustains us and emboldens us and gives us faith to step out. All right. And so, and, and God will often put on your heart um, the, the things, that, well, the things of the burden of your heart, God responds to that in prayer, in dreams, in visions, and the revelation that you would receive. Even as you're perhaps reading the, the Bible, you know, the revelation that you receive is often in answer to the burden of your heart. Well, let's, so let's talk about that because there's a there's something that you wrote in your book about songs that angels can give us songs. And those are sometimes answers to prayers. That's very good, uh, Lisa. Um, God responds to us. God, God will um, speak to you however you are prepared to listen. All right, so let me say that again. God will speak to you how, however you are prepared to listen. And, um, you know, often you will wake up with a song that you didn't go to bed singing or you didn't hear on the radio the day before. It, it just is in there. 
many times that's your angel singing to you. And people go, well, where is that in scripture? Um, and where you see that, for one example of that is, or you saw that in, uh, I think it was in uh, uh, Zephaniah, where he sings over us. But also in Jeremiah 33.3, 3, he says, if you call unto me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty works that you do not know. In doing that, uh, what God does, in the, it, he says, I will answer you and show you great and mighty deeds of things you do not know. The word there for answer is a homograph. It's a word with more than one interpretation or one, one understanding. It does mean to reply or to answer, but it also means to sing or to shout. And so if you call unto God or the burden of your heart is in a certain way, sometimes you'll wake up with a song in your heart because uh, because what God, it's God's response. Now, whether that's God directly speaking to you, whether that's your spirit directing you in the night season, as David writes about, I think it's in Psalm 17, or whether it's your angel carrying that. Uh, one of the important things also to remember in this is this, that when you do receive revelation, very often it's the angel or your angels carrying that revelation to you. you we need to understand that a messenger has the same authority as the one who sent that message. That's that's a really good point. You need to say that again. So we need to understand that um, the messenger carries the same authority as the one who sent the message. That's so good. You see, you see that in many situations, but the one that I was referred to, and I didn't use this in the book, but I, so I'll use another just in case people want to read the book and see some other angle to this, is in John 11 when Jesus, it, it doesn't, you have to read sometimes between the lines to understand what's going on in that setting. Martha and Mary don't go to Jesus. They send a servant to go to Jesus and to, to tell him that the one you love is sick. That mess messenger is actually the equivalent of Martha and Mary before Jesus. And Jesus says to them, uh, this sickness is not unto death, but unto the glory of God. And then he waits and Lazarus has been dead four days when he arrives. So he waits two more days because he loves him, which is like, you know, get your head around that all right and then when he arrives he's been dead four days and he said didn't i say that this sickness is not unto death but unto the glory of god now that messenger or that servant carried that back that messenger was carrying the same authority that when he carried that was jesus word carried by the messenger and so when you receive revelation from the father whether it albeit whether it be through our angel or through the holy spirit or, you know, whatever, that, however that revelations come to you, you hear the voice of God. Maybe it's the audible voice of God and you start to speak that. That's not you speaking, but it's God speaking through you. And so you carry the same authority as the one who gave you that word. And that's how that chain of command works. It's very, very powerful. Well, that makes that actually makes sense, because if you look at the different angels, especially like Gabriel, Yes. Every time that Gabriel came, he was telling somebody, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. So there there was an authority in that. He was saying this is because even Mary said, how is this possible? I don't even know a man. But he carried that same authority because he yes. told her you're going to be pregnant, that the Holy yeah. Spirit is going to come upon you. Go ahead. They didn't question. They didn't question. Well, who are you? What's your name? You know, right. they, they, they believe that God was saying through him. So automatically knew that God, they were carrying God's message. Right? And so that is, that's really important to understand because be that chain of, sorry. No, I'm just saying, I just want to get this because when an angel said it, 
okay? And it was established because that's what I think it is, is that he's establishing the word of God for it to happen. Yes, that's, that's, that's very good. Okay. Yes, that's very good. Yeah. And, and that's a bit like, that's a bit like uh, tongues and its interpretations prophetic. Yeah. So the mystery is can be the revealing or, or the revelation you received or a dream and suddenly it's interpretation or it's carried or echoed by the person. Suddenly that becomes prophetic and it becomes creative. It becomes like the Holy Spirit brooding over the word and suddenly, boom, there it comes. And it's it's actually then for it's sent forth into an, an eternal I mean, it's an eternal task. So it's very, very powerful. Um, there was something else I was going to say that, to you about that. Gabriel also uh, was the announcing angel for John the Baptist and for Mary. Now, in both of those situations, they named the child according to what the angel had told them, John. It wasn't part of their family heritage to have John or Jesus as the family name. It's my premise in the book that angels come to your parent, came to your parents and wherever they thought that they got that name from, uh, an angel delivered that to them. Oh, come on. Okay, I need to get that. I'm going to have to play that to my kids because they don't believe me. I said, God gave me your names. They said, no, that's not true. I said, no, I'm telling you, I heard the name. I heard both of their names. She's, oh, no, that's not true. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so that is, that is so good. That makes me happy. That is, that is true. You know, um, I, my, uh, my name, and I, I'm somewhat reticent to say this, but my name is Adrian Beale, but I have two middle names. Now, as I was growing up, I did not appreciate these two middle names. My two middle names were uh, Leonard Harold. And so I was Adrian Leonard Harold Beale. I'm there. Which teenager wants to tell everybody that's their name? Right. All right. And so if, if somebody asked me, I'd just say, look, my middle name's Len. You know, it was a bit more, was, to me, that was a little bit more cool or something right. like that. But, but the story of my mother giving birth to me is an interesting one. And once, once I really understood that, then I really caught the power of what God's hand in my birth. And that was this, that my mum was pregnant with me and um, uh, I wasn't planned. Let me put it that way. All right. And so my mum was sitting at the kitchen table and she was talking to my dad and she said, you know, my dad's name was George. And she said, George, what are we going to do? You know, I've got a baby here and uh, we're there, but both working, you know, parents to, to survive in a sense. And she's reading the paper and she read the, was opening through the paper, you know, the local paper. And she saw a little advert in the corner for her, for her name. And it said, would Doreen Sylvia, my mum's name was Doreen Sylvia Beale, uh, would Doreen Sylvia. Now, her maiden name was Whitlock and her, uh, but my mum was an orphan. And so her, her, she, she became Doreen Sylvia Walters, uh, sorry, Waters, all right? And what happened was that this advert was a call from a solicitor from her two brothers. Her mum had passed away and left her an inheritance. Her two brothers' names were Leonard and Harold, and that's why I'm Adrian Leonard Harold, Aww. because they provided the finance for my family to bring me into the family oh it's supernatural I mean, it's, it's not gold frankincense and myrrh but it's it's <laughs> for me it's equivalent and what that says to me is even though my parents didn't plan me i am god's plan and i'm, yes. I'm, I'm on god's time frame you know and so as i as i grasp the whole of that 
I realized that I was called forth for such a time as this, Esther 4 verse 14, like all of us are being called forth for such a time as this. And so uh, out of that, uh, I, I was sharing with one of the people who's watching this, uh, Cleo, uh, that my mother was uh, fostered or she was an orphan through uh, Dr. Bernardo's uh, in, the United, uh, in the UK, United Kingdom. Uh, and so she was. She actually sent me some material to, um, you know, was saying what was going on in Dr. Monado's, how they could no longer give an award to mums because of this gender you know, issue that's going on now. You can't say he, she, mum, dad, all those sort of things. And so it's gone. It's gone ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but it's antichrist. It, that's, that's what good. it is. It's antichrist. All right. And so uh, you see now because God created man and woman. And they try to end a prayer with a a woman. You know, it's that they've taken it a step too far. All right. And so now there's no justice, which is the Bible calls for justice at the beginning. You know, and they're now talking about us all taking this vaccine and marking us and all those sort of things. But anyway, it's all antichrist and anti-scriptural. And so really, you can see it. You'd have to be, you know, blind Freddy not to see what's going on. Well, I let me let me just say this, since we are talking about our political craziness right now, um, right before we I think it was before the election. I think it was actually before the election. We were all praying here in the United States and um, it was interesting because I started to pray and I I had like the midnight shift. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I had the midnight shift. And so I started to pray in tongues and I had a vision. And in this vision, Adrian, I saw, I saw these three huge angels, which I've seen before around our President Trump. He has these huge, they're, they're, they're at least 20 or 30 feet tall. They're huge. Because I saw them at the inauguration, at the first inauguration. Yes. So I saw the three angels, and they were behind the White House. But then I saw these angels. Bam, 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 bam. They were dropping. They were covering the White House lawn. They were coming down because there was an assignment. And I truly believe it was because of the prayers of the saints, because they were calling for extra protection, because they were calling Amen. for intervention, because they were Amen. calling for, for different things that these angels were being dropped. I mean, they were like missiles. Bam, bam, bam. And I, I, I saw it and I was like, wow. <laughs> Whoa. But then I saw, then I saw another vision right after that. And I saw President Trump and he was sound asleep. He was sleeping like a baby because he knew he was protected. He, he got Jesus he in, the, in the boat in the storm. Yes. And so, so Father, we do pray for President Trump. Yes. Yes, yes, All yes. Right, right now. Uh, yes. And whether you have to make it former president, but he's still our president, president. But father <laughs> we, we we thank you for him and we, we continue to pray for the protection yes. of yes. angels around him yes. and all those assignments yes. that are against yes. him lord remove the the the, yes. the enemy's uh, protection and reveal those lord i pray uh, to his those that would guard him in the natural but the angels as well in jesus name amen amen yeah and you. that see that's the thing okay so there have been people who've had dreams about angels because you you kind of talked about that so people have had like dreams about angels and people have met angels unaware but 
there are also angels that all of a sudden you kind of feel like there's something around you, but you're not seeing it. Sometimes you smell them, <laughs> you know, because they do have a smell. There's a cotton candy angel that's out there because I've smelled the cotton candy angel a couple of times. And sometimes when I talk about the cotton candy angel, he shows up. <laughs> I'm just saying. He just shows up. I think that's a very good link to and that's as as I said, that God will speak to you however you're prepared to listen or mm -hmm. and one of the things is our natural senses pick things up. Mm -hmm. All right. And so it's important that we appreciate that uh, uh, you know fragrance can be the indication of a, a, a presence there with us. Uh, how you feel in a situation also will indicate how you would interpret it. Now, sometimes we did, before the show, we were talking about portals a little bit. We just touched on the subject and how we would like to speak about that. Yeah, yes. incense as well, Cleo, yes. yes. And and so, uh, you know, that fragrance or incense, and obviously incense can be indicative of prayers that have carried up. And, mm -hmm. and maybe that's a, an angel bringing your response too out of the of God's presence and out of his, uh, you know, the bowl before him. Um, but... There are also places or geographic locations. Not only are we portals, I, I see it as we are conduits of heaven. You know, we are like a stargate, as it were, if you could think in our, you know, modern day terminology. Um, we are uh, stargates or we are portals, but also there are geographic places on earth that, um, you know, like, for example, uh, God dwelt in a physical temple and a yep. tabernacle in a sense with mankind. And so there's an association between sometimes between buildings and locations and what takes place there. So when Adam and I have been on tour, we would always cover ourselves in the blood of Christ, you know, through an act of faith. Uh, we would have communion uh, in a place because that speaks of the blood of Christ and the declaration in that geographic location. Uh, and there is, I, I, I wrote an article about the blood and its geographic effect on my Facebook page on the 5th of December. And if you wanted to see that, you could you could have a look through Adrian Beale's Facebook page and read through that. And you'll see that the Hebrew link between uh, Adam, blood and ground and so on. And you'd appreciate what Jesus has achieved through the cross and his blood falling to the ground, what that did for us. And particularly if you find a place where there's dark activity. Now, sometimes that takes place when you dream. So you might have a nightmare somewhere or something that you you, you, you want to like forget and move on from straight away because it was like out of character for you. You need to realize that sometimes in locations you will be uh, intimidating the spiritual spirits that are in operation there, the territorial spirits that are in operation there. And so have communion there. Cover yourself and your heart in the blood of Christ right, as a... Um, as, as a, you know, um, as a spiritual authority, shut the door that the enemy is using to come into that region or at that area. And so, for example, Lisa, you know, a lot of motels are used for nefarious activity. Yeah. Uh, I could say it another way. They're, they're injured by the hour. All right. <laughs> yeah. So there are spirits of lust and incense and those sort of things in operation in that you need protection against that. And so often when you go somewhere, when you go somewhere, the, the the spirits are intimidated by your presence, all right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to understand if they do, if you do experience that, it's because you are intimidating them, and now they are trying to intimidate you in reverse. And so you need to make your your presence known, bind those spirits. Also, speaking about binding and loosing, we we wonder what that is, but it's the use of our words, all right? And so you know, 
in the, another book that I wrote called um, the, the Mystic Awakening, I open up the life of Samson. I also do that in uh, Kingdom Mysteries Hidden in Plain Sight. But when Samson is bound, Samson is a type of Christ. And I know that most of you think, well, he was a lustful guy and all that sort of stuff. And you, perhaps you want to read those books to see the parallel because it's a very crazy great parallel books. there. Both of them, really great books. Uh, and the mystic awakening is particularly deep. The, the the hips or hidden in plain sight is a lot easier to read. And, and each chapter is short so that you can actually grasp the truth that's there within that. But in that, Jesus was bound by ropes. Oh, sorry, Samson was bound by ropes. Right. It's a picture of Jesus being, they try to bind him with three ropes, Samson. Uh, they try to bind Jesus with ropes, all right? And they bind him with the words that he, they were trying to catch him in his own words so that he would be bound. Yes. All right, but he, but of course he breaks free because they can't bind him in his words. They can't catch him in his words. You know, like here's a coin uh, for Caesar on it. What, what do you say? He says, well, show me that coin. You know the story. And so he, he outsmarts them using the word. Also in that book, Hidden Mysteries, uh, Mysteries Hidden in Plain Sight, Samson, sorry, let me say this, David versus Goliath. David downs Goliath with a stone. That stone is a picture of revelation flying out of his spirit. It downs him, but he doesn't kill him with that stone. What David does is he runs to Goliath, who has been downed and hit with the stone in his forehead, but he draws Goliath's own sword and lops off his head. He takes away his authority, which is head, all right? He decapitates him, but he uses Goliath's own sword. What we need to understand from that is this, that the devil, who is Goliath's a picture of that, the devil uses God's word against us. Mm -hmm. But Jesus decapitates the devil because he is the incarnation of the word. He is the living expression of the word. All right. And so he totally decapitates him, which means that when as we get revelation from an angel, we we spin it out. Anything that's circular has no beginning, no end. It means it's eternal. All right. And so as David's marshalling his sling, as it were, out of his spirit comes a revelation that downs the enemy. But then he uses the rest of the word of God to dismember him, as it were, to, to cut him away. And so then we then we brought forth that bank of the word of God within us to speak healing, to speak whatever it happens to be, you know, and then we, we break him apart with the other parts that we need in the word. I, I love that. Some of these messages as, as they're coming up as well. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to keep them up. Um, okay, so <clears throat> there's all right. There's there's a couple things that we we we've talked about the the ways and angels can come through because you started to talk about the portals. Be because yes. I think that's one of the things. It's that the the thing that I always think about is with Jacob that there was a portal. When he was out, he saw the, the angels um, ascending and descending. There was a portal there. Yes. And so sometimes, like, if you if you go to different places where there has been angelic activity, you sometimes it doesn't get closed up. But I do want to talk about what you talked about in the book, which is so many people try to go and bind and stop and block these, these, these ungodly like portals, especially with what we're dealing with right now in our country. There are so many people who are thinking that they should be going after some of this stuff. And it's like, dude, you're going to get hurt. Oh, the, um, I think that the rule of thumb that I would suggest is this. Don't go on an assignment unless you've been called to actually do that assignment. Otherwise, yeah. it can come back and hurt you. 
because yep. you're, you're moving in something you don't have the authority for unless God's assigned you with that task. Yep. Um, and so we, we can step beyond our means. You know, we could be a, a welterweight boxer trying to kill the heavyweight champion of the world. We need God to assign us that through his word because he's the one that does it. And once, like I said before, it's not us speaking. It's the we're just the messengers of what God's given us, and so therefore we stand in that authority. Also, what's important, I think that's very important because I know somebody who went to shut down a witch's coven, and the next week they were in hospital with blood clots. All right. Uh, yep. And so you have you have to be cautious. Be be the one that's called, and maybe be the one that's in worship because in worship a lot of revelation flows in worship and i will carry a pad with me or my phone and i'll bring my phone out and people might think well i'm rude because i'm doing something on my phone that's not true i'm actually writing a note of the revelation i've received as i've been giving myself to god in worship all right mm -hmm. and so cautious um about stepping out beyond your depth until god's given you that revelation uh, and released a revelation you don't want to run to Goliath's body until he's been downed, all right? That's and the right. revelation that God gives you is, um, you know, the one, the thing that downs him. And then you can do, you can uh, perhaps have communion in that place. And there are lots of um, James Nesbitt and uh, Anthony Turner out of uh, Alabama do a lot of assignments. You know, Steve Schoaf and those guys, they all, uh, they're all worshippers. And they go into a place and they, 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 they are on assignments, shutting down certain spiritual, certain uh, elements of spiritual activity. All right. And so they recognize the portals that are in operation are evil. And sometimes, uh, Lisa, sometimes portals can change. You know, Los Angeles, for example, I'm sure that the Spanish explorers that, that founded Los Angeles and gave it that name, um, it, I think it's changed dramatically from what it was initially. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And so uh, and you, you think about also you think about and I didn't write this, but on the Temple Mount, God used to come down there. What's now on the Temple Mount? Mm. All right. You know, so you have the Dome of the Rock. Somebody yeah. else is trying to encamp in the place where God had, uh, uh, you know, that's great, Danielle, because uh, James Nesbitt is a great guy. And uh, Adam and I have ministered with James and with uh, Lance uh, Wallnau. Uh, in Alabama. So James is a fantastic artwork James has got as well. And he's got a very, very powerful prophetic uh, ministry. Uh, he is like, he is unique. And if you've ever been to one of their worship sessions, it is absolutely fantastic. And they have 30 musicians mm. and it's like being before a full orchestra and it is so precise. And, and it's like extemporaneous. It's like, and it's just wonderful. It's like the presence of God is awesome. And then they start to speak and, and decree into that atmosphere. And the assignment is it's absolutely fantastic. Remsford, are you in Alabama or are you with James on assignment? Yeah, that's what I want to know. I'm like, okay, we need to ask. <laughs> that's where I am now. But, oh, he, wait, what is this? He was my teacher in Illinois before he moved to Alabama. Okay. Oh, he was in St. Louis. Yeah, he was before he moved down south. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so that one of the things that you keep talking about, and I think that that this this is so important, especially for right now, is worship. Worship is our warfare. In fact, yeah. my Spotify playlist actually says warfare at worship. It yes. says worship. W-A-R. Yes. Because yes. it is a war. Yes. It's it's definitely a war. And it's it's very interesting that sometimes through my um I think it's through my prayer. Sometimes it's through worship, but 
that's usually when I get the angelic activity. That's usually where I, I hear something or it because I'm an intercessor and I'm constantly like I, I just pray all the time, not because, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so you know holy. It's not about that. It's just it's just my unction. That's how I function. So it's like when the Holy Spirit says, okay, pray, I go, okay, ooh, feather. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Um, it, is, oh, yeah. it is vitally important that we understand that the yeah. power of worship. Yep. Um, it's not my natural disposition because I'm uh -huh. a teacher. I, right. I, I, I get high on receiving revelation <laughs> as I'm reading the word or lining the passages up and stuff right. and then I bring me, but I force myself to worship, you know, in a sense, and mm -hmm. then go to so if it's not natural to you, it, it's okay to do that, you know, because it's such a powerful way. And because of the revelation that God's given me with regard to worship, I do it, you know. So, so, so I've come in from a different angle. It's not my natural disposition, but because I understand what it does, then suddenly my my imagination can come into play. And, you know, when Jesus said the kingdom of God's within you, uh, what do you imagine? Because that's really, really important. Right. Because if you're imagining the kingdom and, you, and Jesus is enthroned, and, and if you take the dreams and the visions and perhaps the revelation you've received already and you meditate on that, suddenly you go there, all right, and you're in that place. You know, one of the things that we need to understand is that revelation or dreams and visions are personal parables. And we tend to think of parables as those short stories that Jesus told in the Gospels, but it's, they're more than that. Uh, they are a, a, way, a, a way for us to model and to use our imagination to step into that scene for God to show us beyond this dimension into the spiritual realm. And as, as you start to imagine it, you're actually there and mm. you're, you're in with it. Remember that Jesus said, and Adam uses this a lot, and he says, you know, if a, if a man has lust in his heart towards a woman, he's already done it, all right, mm -hmm. because his imagination has carried him there. He's already in that place. And it's true. It, it, that's negative. But in a positive sense as well, as we imagine good things, we're already there. Yes. Well, and then let's talk about that too. Let, let's talk about, somebody gave me, um, a friend of mine, she said something that was so profound. I was like, oh, this was so good. She says, because God is omnipresent. Okay. So that means he's everywhere. Because of who we are with him, because we have relationship with him. When we enter with him in spirit, we become omnipresent with him, only with him. And I went, oh, so that explains like how we can travel, how we can go back in time, go forward in time, how we can go to the heavenly places, wherever, because wherever he is, so can we be. Yes. And I think that yes. that's a really, that's an interesting thing too, because I think that there have been some people who've had encounters with angels where angels have come along with them to go to different places where they've been on assignment in the spirit. I think it's important to realize that, we don't choose. Uh, no. We can't just <laughs> switch or just open a door like that. Yes. But God set that an assignment for us to step into. All right. Absolutely. That's important. You know, well, because otherwise you're it, you're hijacking what God is trying to do. That's where the people are are trying to do um where they're where they're doing it. it it's astro astro yeah. yeah. Yep. So and that's the thing. That's the counterfeit. So everything that the new age or the you know, whatever they're doing. It's because that's what has been given to us. That's ours. Yes. You know, one of the things that I open up in Kingdom Mysteries Hidden in Plain Sight, which is the book just over my shoulder here. <laughs> Why right, don't you grab it and show that? Can you grab it? 
It's a great book. We did a show about that. So I'll put that back up too. Now, in this, I open up Matthew chapter 8 when Jesus, the centurion's in Matthew chapter 8. Um, but also, remember Jesus ministers to Peter's mother-in-law at Peter's house and he heals her of a fever and she starts to serve him. And then it says, they brought to him all those who were demon-possessed and with a word he cast out the demons and he healed them. All right, But then it says this, and he did this in accordance with what Isaiah wrote, that he bore our sicknesses and diseases. Hmm. Well, if I were to ask you, when did he bear our sicknesses and diseases? Well, Isaiah wrote that in Isaiah 53 about Jesus' death upon the cross. And so what is actually happening is that Jesus is in chronological time with a need. He steps out of chronological time into eternal eternity, goes ahead in chronological time, but in eternity it has already existed because he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. He steps into that reality. He draws on that truth because he bore our sicknesses and diseases and brings it back into chronological time and ministers there. All right, and so Jesus demonstrates us that he, can, he steps out of chronological time, out of the restrictions where we are, and he steps into an eternal realm, all right? And that book is this book here, The Kingdom Mysteries Hidden in Plain Sight, where I open up Matthew chapter 8. This is a very, very good book in that you can it's use it as a book. book. Yeah. Some people say, some people have read it overnight, but there is so much revelation in this. It's like you will be. You can't read. You can't read it fast. You because no. there's so much revelation. You have to digest yeah. it because, like, the first time you read it, you're like, okay, wait, wait, so I got to go back <laughs> because I, I really, I really had to read it. Like, yeah. really, really read it, not just skim it. I had to read it because it was so good. But it, but truly, Adrian, it, it changed. It changed the way that I minister. It changed the way yeah. that I think yes. because because after I read that book is when the Lord talked to me about prophecy and he said, Lisa, he said, basically what you're doing is you're going into the future. You're grabbing the prophetic word and you're bringing it into somebody's present. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the, the, we don't understand that eternal realm. Remember that Jesus is the land slain from the foundation of the earth. Yep. And that's the reality. That So when Jesus was ministering, when he appears in the Gospels, he's actually walking as, as a walking dead man. All right? He's a dead man walking. He's already at the cross. Because it already happened. And yes, and he's, he's ministering out of that revelation. So when he, when he forgives the woman for adultery, how does he do that in himself? He doesn't have that, but he right. has it on the basis of the cross, which has taken place in eternity, and he issues forth that forgiveness from yeah. the cross an eternal reality and that's one of the things that we need to grasp is if we grab a hold of the power and the dimensions that are involved in the cross and this opens up those dimensions of what took place at the cross multiple dimensions it wasn't just a physical death of, of a person on a cross and his blood falling to the ground but every aspect and dimension that the enemy had stolen from us is depicted in that cross and you'll see that as this opens up the old testament and so eternity is Old Testament and New Testament are one That's in right. an eternal, with an eternal perspective. And th that means that we can actually access all of that as the revelation comes to us. Well, then it, so also, makes, it also makes sense, though, like if you go to Elisha and Elisha, Elisha, I don't yeah. know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Elisha, and Elisha, yeah. yeah, because they were, they were able to, there was healing, there was resurrection from the dead. They couldn't do that if if Jesus didn't already do what he did, there's no way yes. that that could happen That's because true. it would be, that, it just wouldn't be right. 
we we tend to think of it though as an historical book, and that's mm -hmm. we caught in that just as a chronological yes. it's a, a historical book, and it does have law in it, but yes. it's also an, an eternal uh, account. And each one of those, every one of those pictures is a parable or a or a scene of a truth. Every victory in the Old Testament is a scene of the victory of the cross. Yeah. Right. And so David and Goliath, uh, Jericho, uh, crossing the the Red Sea, uh, and all that sort of things. You know, they Moses went through the Red Sea. They part. That's Israel passing through death, and the Red Sea is a picture of them crossing the blood, the blood that was yes. shed in Exodus twelve. Yes. That's why Pharaoh army or the devil cannot cross that afterwards because that's the blood barrier all that's right? so good Over, all right well and, can, uh, can i also take you to abraham where he sacrificed isaac or he tried to because god just yes. gave me a revelation about that in genesis and he, 22 and what he what he said is he said the reason because i never got it like it was always something that bothered me and it was an angel that stopped abraham from killing the son let's just say that yes too. There was an angel involved um, who put who put the the offering in the thicket. It was the ram caught in the thicket. It was because the angel put it there. It was caught. Yeah, but what was interesting is that the Lord showed me is he he said that the reason that when Abraham heard about the sacrifice, he said that he did it because it's what every other false god was asking for. Every other god demanded a sacrifice of a child, the firstborn. Uh -huh child wow. he said but what he did is he differentiated himself from those gods because he wow. wasn't a god who demanded the child sacrifice but he was going to be the god who supplied the sacrifice yes isn't that and good it's so good i'm oh, sorry <laughs> there is so much in there that's that's setting me off because jesus is that first sacrifice exactly for all of us. Mm -hmm. he is that and they went to mount moriah mount moriah's mm -hmm. where built the temple Yep. All right. And when they went up, but the Holy Spirit doesn't record that that uh, Isaac is with Abraham when he comes back. All right. Yeah. And so, all right. But even though Isaac does obviously come back with them, it's not recorded. But you only see Isaac again in Genesis 24 when the servant who is sent off with an angel going before that servant, because angels go before you, right? right? Which is the, the first chapter in the book. Um, the the servant goes off to call Rebecca to to meet a husband she's never meet met and he does it on the display of the gifts all right he takes 10 camels he rides on one camel himself how many camels of gifts has he got he's got nine gifts all right a display of the gifts and his testimony and mm -hmm. she comes back with him and an angel's gone before him so what it's suggested of is that as Christ woos a Gentile church the Holy Spirit's with us, but also angels are sent before us on assignment to yes. bring those. You know, that's the Hebrews chapter 2, uh, 14, where they, they sent forth for heirs of salvation. And one another mark that you would find also in this, in the dictionary, is that things, if coincidence takes place and you get all these things seem to be lining up, often angels are involved in that, in that so-called coincidence. All right. And so for that situation, Rebecca's the first person who goes to the well and she and he says, well, if she says this, if she goes, well, I'll draw water for you and for your, for your camels as well. Right. Who do you think did that? Who caused her to be the first one to the well? That's All it. those sort of things. But the angels at work, but the angel doesn't get any sort of uh, traction or any, he doesn't appear, but 
what's important for the servant, whose name is Eliezer, which means helper, which is the Holy Spirit working through us, doesn't pray to the angel. He gives glory to God for what's taken place. Mm -hmm. Even though Abraham sent him on assignment in Genesis 24, said, my angel will go before you and you'll bring back you know, Isaac's bride. And so you don't see Isaac again until, until so he's been taken to Mount Moriah in Genesis 22 in type sacrifice there, but as a substitute for all of us, you don't see him again until Genesis 24 when his Gentile bride is brought to him. Mm. Uh, and he's at the well, he's at the well, Lahai Roy, which is the well of the living water. I mean, there's so much there. That, so much. There is so much there. And that's, see, that's what I love is that, like, if you start to look at things, if you start to say, well, you know, how come, how come that car got in front of me? Or how come I missed that turn? Well, sometimes it's because there are angels who are doing things. Like there are so many, oh my gosh, there are so many divine setups. How many divine setups have you had? I've had so many divine setups where it was like, Amen. you know, I wasn't going to go to this place, but then I met this person and then that person introduced me to that person yeah. or yeah. whatever it's, it is so you change your plans you change exactly. your plans and suddenly you have an encounter or you meet somebody you haven't seen for a while or you'd go oh that's why i did this uh, yes so many so many and that's the see that's where i think about it and i say oh my gosh god is so good he's so good that he cares so much about us that that he sends his angels he sends his angels so that we don't miss the setups that we don't miss those divine connections. We don't miss the the subtleties of the things that he's saying. Like we hear that song, like as we're, you know, sometimes you're having a bad day and you're like, I just need to hear from the Lord. And all of a sudden, like your favorite song comes on. It's it's not a coincidence, you know, the, there are so many things that when it's too much to be a coincidence. It's not, it's God. Yeah. There's an adage that we coin, and that is, it's too coincidental to be coincidental. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you know, it, it's a God incident. Right? It's a God incident. Yeah, I always say Godfidence, but God incident is good too. I'm going to start yeah. using that one. <laughs> you know. All right. So God does a divine setups. Yeah, yes. absolutely. All right, and you may not appreciate that until after the event. Sometimes, Come on. oh, that, that's what that was about. I think it's important, and also when you're interpreting the so. In a dream, or you, you may have a mailman in a dream, you may not realize that that's signifying perhaps an angel's bringing you revelation. Or you, or, or you may have a coincidence in natural life. It could well be that angels are at work in that. Or you may have a name like Michael in a dream. Now, Michael means who is like God, but of course, Michael was is the archangel. And so it could well be, depending on your circumstance, that's how you would interpret it. Is the spiritual warfare going on around you in your situation, or is is Jesus there? You know, who is like God? You know, or is the or is there an angelic presence there? And how you feel in that situation is important. How you interpret what's going on, uh, and so often that's the indicator of how you would interpret it. And even if you see uh, or you experience something negative, you need to realize that we are seated in heavenly places, and we can start to speak and decree into those negative situations and see them turn around. Because sometimes God's giving us the lay of the land, or God, sometimes God is giving us the lay of the land so that we, as with spiritual authority, start to speak into that to reverse it. If you see death, you can speak life. You see That's sickness, right. you can speak health. It's not fate or you know a done deal. Um, you know, fate to complete it is in, I think, in French. It's not a done deal. You know, we need to be able to, we need to realize that sometimes we have the upper hand and we can speak into that situation. God is just giving us the lay of the land spiritually in a situation. 
That is so good. That, oh my gosh. Okay, so this book, this book not only gives you biblical references, it, it gives you understanding both for some of the things that you guys have experienced because Adam also gives his stuff, which he's gonna come on and, and give his side of the story. <laughs> um, but it also gives you practical understanding. It gives you like a like a, a checklist in the back after each chapter of just like bullet points, just so that you this is what you needed to catch in all this. And if you didn't catch it, you can go back and reread it. Plus, it also has a dictionary. So this is basically, I hate to say a Bible. I'm going to say like an angel Bible in some ways because it's both biblical, it's practical, and it's applicable. Well, what we try to do. Um... Lisa was a lot of people have written books that are about their angelic encounters and now there are enough books of that and they're good yeah but what we try to do is, is show you that sometimes you don't have a manifestation but you have the fingerprint of an angel all right or you you have you know sometimes heaven reflects earth like the the, the sky might or, or the ocean might reflect the sky so you got a nice blue sky you get a blue ocean but you've got a green sky you get a green ocean sometimes yeah. earth reflects what's going on in the heavenlies you know and so what we've tried to do is complete the picture so this book here which now is is selling more than ever which is the divinity code which, which is, is great the best book in the world <laughs> The Bible is the best book in the world. But this well, is yes, I know. But but this is such I've used this book so many times. This and, and that. This, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, this book's been selling and it's probably selling more now than it ever has. I mean, it's been out for more than 10 years. All right. Mm -hmm. So this book really is a uh, 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 very foundation. This book then this is about dreams and visions. Well, this book then takes that to natural phenomena that happen around you. Suddenly you see or you hear that song or you see a series of numbers or colors or something happens that you've, you know, in your everyday life that, that grabs your attention. You go, oh, could that have some spiritual meaning to it? Then that book there also has a dictionary in it. All right. And that adds to that. Now, the angel book then becomes part of the three of them. And so the trilogy. you had all three. <laughs> yeah, you'd have a set. And in a way, what you'd have is a, a, a each one covers sometimes uh, what is not necessarily ex, uh, evident, but it shows you what's going on behind the scenes spiritually if, if you are in tune. All right. And so the, the Divinity Code of Angels is meant to complement those other two books. Well, I do want to just say this, that, that the original Divinity Code about dreams it, I, I just didn't know anything about dreams, but I was having dreams. I was having lots and lots of dreams. And I saw that book. I didn't know about you guys, but I saw that book and there was something inside of me that said, get that book. And so I got that book. <laughs> and then not too long after I actually met you guys. So I felt like that. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too long after that. It's like because I let's see, I got that book. And, and I think the following year I started Touched by Prayer. And, and that's when I met you guys. I met you through um, a different pastor. But I mean, but it was because of that book, because if I didn't have that book, I wouldn't know who you were. I wouldn't have a reference or a, um, a reference, but point, yeah, point exact, exact, reference yeah, point, exactly. And it was so incredible because that book caught my eye. So I, I think that like an angel was like, hello, <laughs> come get this book because there's always something, there's always something, nothing that you do is for just no reason. There's always a reason, there's always a purpose. And to know that there's angels, which, I'm getting feathers, just letting you know. 
Um, I'm seeing all kinds of leg things because there's a light right in front of me. So it's easy to see them. Um, so I think that that's really, I think that's really cool. And I think this, this book is going to help people to understand, but I think the other books are just as important. So my suggestion to, if you're listening, get all three, just saying, I would get all three because it's going to, it's because what the Lord has been showing me about angels, we need to understand them because we're going to start to see them more and more. And I don't mean we're just going to see them like, like glimpses. We're going to start to see that we're going to be interacting with them. We're going to start to know them. And I think that it's that, that veil, that thin, that veil has become so thin where the, the spiritual world and the earthly world are about to meet. So it's going yes. to be important for people to understand that. That's that's yes. basically because yes, as, as somebody just said, we're getting ready for the great harvest. So I Amen. really think that that all of those books are going to help because so many people have been having dreams. But the the interesting thing, and that's one of the things I love about your books, is you always do the same thing. Go to the Holy Spirit. Go ask the Father. Don't just don't just take this, but use this as a, a point of reference to go out and, and to start to have a little bit of an understanding, but always go to the Father for the full revelation. That's true. And look, look for the two or three witnesses to align with what you believe God's saying to you. So you don't, you know, in that encounter in Genesis 24, where the where the servant goes and to see, meet Rebecca, he's still uncertain and he looks for confirmation before he actually makes a commitment fully to what's going on. All right, so he, he he makes sure that God confirms with him what he's hearing. Now, there is so much going on in our world today that if you would watch the headlines or hear what people are saying and so on, and, and you could be you'd be on a roller coaster. You know, you'd be like, you know, on a high, and suddenly you um, you know, uh, you're, you're you're in the depths of despair because it doesn't appear to anything being happening. But your dreams and visions pierce through that and they give you an insight into what's going in the spirit realm or internal realm. And that's the steadier in the whole thing. If you know what's being played out, then suddenly, and God's given you that assurance because you haven't manipulated it. Uh, you know, you're not, it's not being mean, it's not being manipulated by the media or anything like that. And suddenly God gives you a revelation through a dream or a vision, through an encounter, through an angelic revelation and so on. Suddenly, you know, that's what God said in this situation, regardless mm -hmm. of what, whatever, all the, you know, the, the wind and the waves, as it were, you can be calm in the storm. I like that. I like yes. that because I think there, there's so much that we're, there's a lot of stuff right now that's going to be coming out that people are going to need to know how to navigate through this storm. Yes. I yes. do believe that because as, <clears throat> as the evil has has met its crescendo. I think that's, you know what I mean? Like we really, everybody knows that it's there. Well, not everybody. I'm going to say mm, 80, 85% of the population, I think, right? I would say that's a, do you think that's a fair number? I think it's less. Well, say that to me again, because I'm just watching those comments. Someone's put <laughs> divinitycode.org. It's actually the divinity code as you've got. Um, I think I, wait, oh, I put, I put it too. I didn't put the. No, you've, no, you've, no, you've got it correctly there. The divinity yeah, up code. here I do, up here. But I think when I was typing it, I, I didn't do it. Um, It's the divinity code. And then also 
which I was going to do like at the end. If you guys um, like to to bless Adrian, I also have his PayPal information. So make sure they write that down and go bless his socks off because, you know, if you get a good teaching, it's good to um, to show your appreciation. Um, but go ahead. That's very, that's very good, Lisa. And I appreciate that because COVID has shut Adam and I down in our mm -hmm. tours. And so anything that is sewed would be much appreciated. And in a way, that's a Malachi 3 tithe as well. Because yeah. I, I could open that up. But um, as you sow into the kingdom, you're sowing yeah. into the, the, the kingdom, heaven's talk, storehouse. Talk about that because you talked about that in the book. You talk about tithing. And I think it's a, I think this is a perfect time. See, God's so good. Go ahead and talk about that as I put in the right information. Now, in Malachi 3, God speaking through Malachi says, you know, test me now in this, how we rob God. And he says four times, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts. Well, you think about that in this way. Uh, we live in a, a three-dimensional world. We have length, width, and depth. And if we were to go into the domain of time, then we'd be in the fourth dimension. Or we'd be in the eternal realm. All right. And so um, when God says four times, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts, test me now, the Lord of hosts, he's actually showing you that when you do so, uh, God's angels go ahead of you as a vanguard or as a, uh, in a sense, what you're drawing from, you're drawing from your past resources or earnings. And God is then going ahead of you because you are acting in faith. He's actually sending his angels to protect your future earnings. Uh, to protect your future, uh, as it were, investment, your future acts of faith financially, all right? And so as you sow, whether that to be to a church, whether that be to uh, an evangelist, whether that be to the poor, Jesus said in the book of um, Matthew, or he says, you know, if you give to the poor, you have treasure in heaven, all right? And so he, he over and over again, heaven is our storehouse. And the word there for storehouse in Malachi that word's used 80 times in the Old Testament, but only three times is it interpreted storehouse. Uh, 73 of those times, it's the treasury, and our treasury is in heaven. So as you sow, regardless of whether it's to me or to any other ministry, uh, whether it to be to the church, God's re-protecting re, uh, that with an angelic protection according to his word, but also drawing from heaven's storehouse to bring interest on your what you've sown. All right. And so that's the way that I see it. And that's the way yeah. that I've, God's unpacked it to me. And so angels go before you. And that is even more so with with what we do and what we plan in our finances. And so I, I sow, I've sown to people who have been sick and they've had a GoFundMe for, you know, an operation. Yeah. I've done two of those. I did two of those last year. I sow into somebody who works with um, landmine victims in um, Cambodia. Uh, and so in Cambodia, they uh, if you lose a limb, the Buddhists, which is the prevalent um, religious teaching there, is they, they say that you deserve that. You did something wrong in a past life. And so they would shun you. You're, you're shamed. And the, the Buddhist priests would actually walk across the other side of the road because they don't want anything to do with you. Even your family will shun you. There's a ministry there that reaches out to those people, and I sow into that because uh, there are still six million landmines Um uh, within the ground hidden and, and sometimes people get set up to walk across ground and do things so that they actually lose a limb and so on their, their parents cause them to do that so that they can beg or so that they can get rid of them and all those sort of things 
So it's, it's very, very sad. But there's a ministry there called Reverse the Curse uh, that ministers to them, leads them to Christ so that they know that God loves them. Right? And they, their whole countenance, their face changes as they come to understand that God has a plan for them. They get prosthetic limbs, they, they get you know, those mopeds and they start to provide for their family. It's incredible. how. And so I sew into that. And so uh, we also sew into the, our local church. And so it, it's keeping all things in balance. And uh, last night I went to um, the pro-life rally here in uh, Adelaide, Australia. And my wife and I were speaking on the way home how we want to sew into uh, uh, an organisation that actually looks after pregnant girls and gives them alternative you know, housing and all those sort of things. And so whatever you think is kingdom, yeah. whatever you think, right, or what is, whatever God shows you, yeah. that's where you, you sow. So if that's yep. a church, that's great. If it's a ministry, that's great. Realise that if, even if you are bound at home, you can sow you know, and it's kingdom. You're actually giving to God wherever that happens to be. Yes. And God re re refurbishes and strengthens that and guards your, sends angels to rebuke the devourer for your future earnings. That's the truth of that. And it, that sometimes can be awkward to deliver, but thank you for asking me, Lisa, to share. Absolutely. Because I think uh, as people, so many people misunderstand the the truth about tithing. Because there are different people that I, I do tithe to. But it what's really interesting is that sometimes it's not a ministry. Sometimes God will just put somebody and say, okay, give that person that money. And that's it. Yes. And so it's yes. about obedience. Yes. It's just about obedience. And sometimes we'll we'll dismiss it. We'll say, Oh, they no, oh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Or we'll go less than. <laughs> Yes. We'll, we'll go less than what God told us. And you're like, wait, I, how much? And the Lord just, because there's a purpose for it, because he has a blessing stored up for you. He has the angels ready to go. But sometimes it's, if you do this, then I will do this. And that's where it says, test me and see. That's the only time that he ever asks to, to test God, because we're not supposed to test him except for in our finances. That's it. Yes. It's in our provision. He wants to stretch you as well. You know? Absolutely. So believe you know and have faith all right so yeah as in so into the kingdom that's absolutely true all right so yep. whoever you see this kingdom you know wherever you see the kingdom if it's evangelism if you see it's working yep. with the homeless see it wherever happy you see kingdom in operation the, the love of god manifest and the father what's our mission our mission is to to uh, introduce people to the love of the father that's right uh, and right and to bring more into the kingdom all right and so you're, you're correct ramsford to have be cheerful in what we do because it's a sense of once you know what's going on in that spiritual realm, you have a confidence, all right? You go, okay, then it's not just out of my pocket, but it's actually God who gave it to me in the first place. And all I'm yes. doing is echo so that he, I'm sowing it so that he can bring the increase. and But also bless that person or that ministry or whatever it happens to be. Absolutely. And that the other thing, too, is that what you sow into, you get rewarded for it, not just here on earth, but you'll also get rewarded in heaven. Because if you've been sowing into a ministry that has great fruit, that, that you, because you have been faithful in serving with them, even if, the, even if it's in your tithes and offerings, you will be blessed when you go to heaven. It's going to be part of your crown because you Amen. gave into it. You helped to sow seeds into it. So you're going to get the fruit from it. Just saying. I, I uh, and I'm I'm sure that those who've gone before us, you know, I mm -hmm. uh, I don't know 
godliness of Leonard and Harold and, and my, my my parents, my you know, well, well not my parents, but their family. But I'm sure they're part of a cloud of witnesses watching yes. what we do and, and spurring us on, encouraging us on and on, you know, because they're yes. there too in the realm as well. Yes, and they and they are there. Like that, we have to understand that heaven is real. Heaven is real, Amen. angels are real. That everything that we've been saying, the spiritual realm is real. And it's we're about to get a big wake up call because when you start to see that the evil exists is real, <laughs> that it's not just in a movie, but it's really happening and it's for real, for real, that's when God's going to become really real. That's when some people are going to be like, oh, wait, because there have been so many people who've been atheists through this search that they they started to see that this stuff is real they are like wait a second if this is real that means that that means that god is real that means that well, angels are real and heaven is real and all this stuff that i didn't want to be a part of it is now smacking them in the face where they have to choose because i think that's I think, where we are right now i think it's exactly where we are right now because the circumstances has brought us to a level of reality saying there's so much corruption there's so much evil yeah. so much Yep. Malevolent, you know, so much, you know, like going on with children, with Ugh. people's people trade and all that sort of thing, yep. people trafficking. Uh, and you suddenly get hit in the face with that. Suddenly uh, your armor's got a chink in it. And suddenly now all we need to hear is the gospel, you know, the truth of yes. God's love for us. And the opposite, you know, to see that, hey, maybe that person was on a on a mission from God rather than the way that the media portrayed that person. Exactly. Or, you know, and what I had been told at school or university or wherever it happens to be that I'd been in a way being programmed. I like to say that we live, we, we're almost like we're in the, in the matrix. Yes. Uh, all right. And um, there's another movie, you know, where those guys were wearing hats and suits. Um, the, the adjustment bureau. And oh, oh, the, that was uh, with, uh, what's his name in it? Yes, yes, yes. What was it called? Um, is it Zuckerberg? Is it Mark? No, no. What's his name? No, no, no. It was, um, Oh, uh, but uh, uh, Matt Matt Damon. No, Matt Damon. I was thinking it was Matt Warburg. No, yeah. that is, it's Matt Damon. Yes. Yeah. And in that, the angels, obviously, the the adjustment bureau are mm -hmm. angels. Oh, that was aligning. such a great movie. That's great, and the interdimensionality there that takes place. Yes. 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 And that's yeah. see, that's the whole thing is that when you start to understand, because when when every, things that are being shaken right now. And I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh, but but I'm sorry. I'm I'm just picking up in this. I'm sorry. But um, when when things start shaking and they're gonna shake and they're gonna shake hard, but you're gonna have to know who you're clinging to. You you yes. can't be you you can't be clinging on to something that's not gonna support you. You have to make sure that you know that you know that you know that you know that the hand of Jesus is not gonna drop you. That when you, where you feel everything else being pulled out from underneath you, that God is going to sustain you, that there are going to be angels that are going to go who are going to protect you and to defend you. You have to know that like above everything else. And that comes from identity. That comes from knowing. That comes from relationship. So if, if some of this stuff is like, oh, I don't know if I know that, then you know what? This is a great opportunity. This was a beautiful opportunity that you were pulled in about angels. That was something safe. But there's a deeper message about really getting to know Jesus because the angels don't do anything outside of what God has told them to do. Sorry. 
So if you want to know that the angels are there to protect you, it's because God loves you and he has plans for you and he's going to provide for you. And in this shaking, it's going to be hard. But if you know, if you know that God is in it, there's nothing to be afraid of, right? Amen. Amen. You know, it's just, it's love casts out fear, doesn't it? So yes. love is the fear. You know, when, and, do you know when um, David met Goliath, Goliath had a shield bearer that ran ahead of him, carrying mm-hmm. the shields, spears, and whatever, you know, the mace or whatever he, he needed to, to use in the war. Uh, God showed me that, that that shield bearer, who doesn't appear to be doing anything, is actually a spirit of fear that, that marches ahead of the enemy when the enemy's doing something. And so what they try to do is they try to dismember your head and your heart through fear mm-hmm. or through death or through unbelief because then you're not operating in truth or in oneness with God, all right? That's so, so good. All right, so he'll, he'll often have a spirit, well, he will have a spirit of fear ahead of any encounter or any attack. So I put up a question for you, Adrian. Do you see that? So what does it say? So when I pray for a hedge of protection, do the angels surround me? Yes, I, I believe that angels surround you. Uh, you know, it also says that the hedge of protection, like in Israel, was a thorny hedge, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And it says that, that every one of us has a hedge of protection around us. I think it's called the blood of Christ. But it says, I think it says in Ecclesiastes, a man who breaks through a hedge will be bitten by a serpent. All right. And so what that is a picture of us, that we can break down that hedge so we, that's why we need to often come to communion. That's why we need to often to come to confession because that renews that hedge of protection through the blood of Christ around us. All right. And I think that angels work in harmony with that blood protection, all right, with us, you know, with the righteous saints. All right. And so we're righteous through the blood of Christ, not through necessarily through, you know, living by a set of laws. But I think it's important that we understand that we've got to love God and love our neighbor. Yes. And much of that is that misunderstood. Love our labor as ourselves is not so much that we're going to love ourselves, but what the, what that means is if you were the other person, how would you want to be treated in that situation? So if you were the other person, how would you want to be treated? That's, That's so loving good. That neighbor, as loving your neighbor as yourself. All right. And so. You see, Jesus actually un- unpacks that in the Gospels, but that's that's another story. That's another opening. Another <laughs> okay, let me put up your book so people can see it again. Here it is, The Divinity Code. Whoop, there we go. <laughs> the Divinity Code uh, to Understanding Angels by Adam Thompson and Adrian Beale. So if you guys would like to get a copy, you can actually, now they can go to thedivinitycode.org, correct? No, the, the best place is to go to amazon or okay. to a, a, a christian bookstore now that it is in uh, it's in barnes and noble it's in target it's in books a million it's in all of those you know the prominent places that you would normally get your christian uh, books from so that each of those carry it but make sure you have, look at it online to see that they have it now we refer people to amazon but like you said earlier that you had trouble getting it and so you had to get it had to get the digital copy the, that's the, right you can get the kindle but what's so cool about the Kindle copy is that you also, there's an audio to it. Did you guys do the audio or no, did they just have somebody do it? No, they had somebody do it. It would be good, wouldn't it, if it was our voice? It would. I would have loved that. I think you guys should record it. The Aussies on there. You know? <laughs> I, think, I think that's what you should do. So, and also, if they are interested, you guys should also do a bundle. 
of the um, um, the divinity code and you should call it you should call it the um the trinity the trinity pack <laughs> well <laughs> you know it would be up to our publishers but i did think about that earlier this morning that they should be bundled together they should but they really lot, should a lot, people, a lot of people do have this and so yeah i have it over, you know, it has over 1,200 reviews on Amazon, which means it's been around a while and it obviously mm -hmm. had lots of use. It's got five stars. Yep. And so does this. This has five stars as well on yep. uh, this. This was only released, I think, in November last year. Yeah, I was so going to say, I, it was either November or very, very early December. Yeah, I, I think it's November. but I'm, uh, I get confused between that and other books that have been released, but well, I think it's November. Yeah, but it's a it's a great great book, and then of course the other one, understanding um, visions and uh, prophetic. What is it? That one. I call the it prophetic. I call it, G, I call it GPS. Right? Yeah, come on. A, the God's prophetic symbolism in everyday yes. life, and so that's about when you pick up something, you see a flock of birds, or you see something that's unseasonal. Mm -hmm. You know, like well, I've never seen that before. I've walked down this street, or I've driven down this highway you know, this freeway so many times I'd have never seen that before and it suddenly jumps out you. You go, well, why haven't I seen that? Or it's like this, it's not normally here at this time of the year. Right. Then you go, what could God be saying in that? Because it can be God trying to get your attention to try to, to speak to you. So and good. as I said earlier, Lisa, God will speak to you however you are prepared to listen. Yes. Right? Yes. And it needs to be, it needs to align with this. We, we always filter it through this or we, we interpret it through this book. It's really important that you do interpret it through this. And that's one of the right. things I love. And also your, both of your books, especially the, um, the latest one that you wrote yourself. The, um, I, I just went blank Kingdom on it. Kingdom, Kingdom Mysteries Kingdom. Hidden in Plain Sight. Thank you. That, yes. I think that that is especially for people who are trying to witness to other people, it gives them a better foundational understanding of what salvation is. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. I've not heard that before, but I, I, I'm getting lots of great feedback. Uh, Adam and I have a partnership uh, mm -hmm. for people who are beginning to grow in understanding dreams and visions and people can partner with us. And we do Zoom calls in that mm -hmm. situation. All right, you can find out about that on the Divinity Code, or if you were to email support at the Divinity Code.org. But in that, just in our last uh, last week, um, we were speaking to someone and they said they started reading this and they were blown away by it. So that it's really good to hear that sort of feedback. Yeah, it then, was. So and I think I think that's actually I think I kind of wrote that. <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm saying the same thing that I actually because it really was because that's what it did is it, it helped me to have a better understanding of a foundational principle that was never taught to me. Because once you get that, once you see that the crucifixion always was yes. and that we're just moving into it because it was there from the foundation of time and that's through everything. Yeah. That everything goes back to the crucifixion the crucifixion is so it's like everything is and through the crucifixion which happened at the foundation of time it just changes things in the bible for me that's what it did it's the centerpiece of eternity the, the, exactly the absolutely mm -hmm. that it's was from cover to, it's from cover to cover in the book from the book yep. of genesis which you'll see that i've opened up the first seven days and you see the cross in that through to the incidents all the way through the Old Testament or many that I've depicted or God's given me revelation on. I can only speak on that which I've got revelation for, all right? And so where God's downloaded revelation on stuff. And one of the things I've learned is that when people ask you and they question you and stretch you and you don't have the answer and you go to God, God often will download revelation for you to yes. then work with later on, all right? And so 
I find that. Yes. Okay. So if you guys are interested in connecting with Adrian, you can go to um, the divinityco.org. You guys are doing Zoom calls. Is that correct? So if you want, are you doing mentorships? We do, it's, it's in a type. It, well, <clears throat> there is a whole, um, we have an app. We have a lot of resources. You don't okay. get sent a, a, one of the books of your choice. And then we do Zoom calls on a two-weekly basis with, with our partners. And so they partner with us, okay. right? And then we interact with them. And then and then, then they're in the process. But they have material online. We have a web a special website set up, which you can't access unless you're a partner. And that has resources for you to actually to interact with to to um to better your understanding of how god speaks through dreams visions and those sort of things and then it's got videos through it i'm speaking about kingdom and that sort of thing and unlocking kingdom truths to uh, through it as well so adam and i share on, on video calls and stuff like that so you'll get video access you'll get a whole stack of different uh, resources that you can grow in your understanding of that so Plus, awesome. of course you get the books and I don't have one here right now, but we also supply a light pen, a pen that lights up, Ooh. so that you don't want to you don't want to wake up your husband or your wife, uh -huh. and you just get, you just get a dream or something. You just switch, you know, put the pen on, and it's got a little light on the end of the tip, and so you can right. just write down, so you know exactly what you're writing. So, so you got everything right. covered. <laughs> well, we try to, we try to, <laughs> um, but just the, the little the, the little things that people appreciate, I guess. Yes, you know. Yeah, well, I appreciate you. I, I, I truly honor you. I love both you and Adam. I think you guys are so incredible, so gifted. So, my gosh, you have so much information and are are such a blessing to so many, including me. So, and I, I just, I'm, I'm very, very grateful that I can also call you a friend. So, thank you so much for, for coming on Touch by Prayer. Lisa, thank you. And thank you. It's Robert, isn't it, your husband? Is that yes, right? yes. Yes. Thank him for, for doing the setup. I saw him earlier. Yes. Um, and he, he is part of your angelic uh, guard. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so thank you for the friend, the friendship as well. And yes. so let's, let's pray. pray. I'll pray, Father, for all yes. those that are watching this and watching the replay. I, I'm sensing the presence of God right now. Oh, good. Well, if you have a word and you can stay, then, then we can we can definitely, you can go ahead and go. And so, Father, I just thank you right now for each of those who have invested to listen and to watch. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, as they touch the screens right now, that you would release a blessing, an absolute blessing to them. Lord, and I pray an increase of angelic activity around them. I, I pray that the angels would go before them. Uh, the angel of revelation or the angel of prosperity is also an angel of breakthrough, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, Lisa, and we were talking earlier about breakthrough. And so I pray for breakthrough in every person's yes. situation, whether it be through their job, through relationship, through finance. I pray that you would prosper them. That's not only in their endeavors being successful, but that finance would flow to them so that they can be uh, and invest in your kingdom in a greater to a greater extent for your glory in Jesus name. And as those are touching the screen, our Father, I pray for healing right now. Um, we were talking about Zephaniah but before, but Zephaniah 3.17, and it features in here, it says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. And it's a picture of Jesus on the cross, and the word midst means inside of you. 
It can be a mental issue or it can be something like one of your organs. And the Lord thy God in the midst of you is mighty. He shall save. And at the cross, he paid the price for your healing. And so I just declare healing right now to each of those people. And it says that he shall rejoice over you with joy with and, and singing. That's Jesus on the cross. He's rejoicing that what he, he bore for us at the cross was your healing, your deliverance, your salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. And and I was going to say, if if you have a word or if you if there is anything else that, that you feel that you're supposed to release, please, please, please be you feel free. Because I know that so, there are there are a lot of people who are so hungry to to encounter the angelic. But I think it's more about encountering the father. I think it's about having those supernatural experiences that change them. OK, you know. When there are, there's an alignment between what you see in the physical and the spirit, all right? And when you see a backbone, it can well be that something's taken place in the past, all right? And if when you see a shoulder, it can be a burden, all right? Because uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham went from Shechem, which means shoulder, all right? Into Ai, then into Bethel, all right? The house of God. Ai means a ruin. So he went between a place of a burden to a place where he was in a place of ruin, but then he went into the house of God. And so, Father, I pray for somebody right now that from the past there's a burden, all right? And so what I saw was a backbone and I saw a shoulder, all right? So it, it can be physical, but it could also be that something spiritual, that actually their physical body is um, carrying a burden and that's affecting us then physically, but also that the, spiritually there's a something that took place in the past. And Father, we right now with the blood of Christ on that person's back right now, I lay my hands on that person's back right now by faith. Father, and we shut the door from the past and we, we, we let go of whatever inc that incident is, that betrayal, that whatever that hurt, that trauma right now, and we place it upon the cross and we allow Jesus to take that to hell, the holding place for sin, so that this person stepping through the cross can be resurrected in resurrection power and healing in Jesus' mighty name. And that situation between you and the other person, Father, we, we ask Christ to carry that burden because nobody can carry those same things. Only Jesus and Jesus dealt with that right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Let the blood of Jesus seal that. Let the blood of Jesus seal that in Jesus' name that door, that portal that the enemy's coming in and tormenting you through, Father, we shut it through the blood of Christ in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So as the, as the Red Sea comes back, bam. You know, I didn't complete that saying. Moses actually went through death or through the Red Sea. Jesus walked on water. He overcame death. Mm. And so, Father, we're part of, we're in Christ and we're going to overcome right now. And we're overcomers in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was so good. That was so good, um, and I and I thank you. I, I'm I'm just trying to be very honorable of your time, <laughs> although I'm, there's such a there's a huge time difference with us. You're you're in the future. You're the man of the future. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I come to you from the future. You come from the future, and how is the future looking, Adrian? <laughs> it's pretty good this time. It's pretty it's, good it's, today. <laughs> it's it's a hundred it's a hundred degrees here. Oh. And it's like my. The minus where you are, isn't it? It well, it's not that cold yet, but we're getting more snow. We are getting more snow. So, and it was really interesting because the Lord showed me in December that there were going to be snow in places that typically don't get snow, and they are getting 
they are getting beat up in Texas with snow, which is really yeah. interesting. I, th I think that is interesting. I watched a video. Um, uh, Cleo sent me a, a picture of Hank Kuhneman. He was mm -hmm. prophesying marker of uh, what's going on there, which, which is fantastic. So very, very good. Uh, I think God is, you know, like Aslan on the march. Right? Yes, come on. That's a good word. I love that. I think, and Amen. there, so, so this is, this is my thing is that we're, we're coming to the turnaround, the Haman, <laughs> the Haman is about to get hung. I'm just going to say that, that there is going to be a divine turnaround and it's super, super soon. So it's like, we just have to hold tight. But what's so beautiful is what I'm seeing is that it's going to open up the doors for so much, even across the seas. There's going to be like where you could not get into like the UK before for, for the gospel. That's, that's about to change in a greater way because they are going to become so hungry because I really believe as I'm going to say this carefully, but the, the stuff that's going to be exposed in religion is going to cause for a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit to comfort because people are going to be really shocked and, and rocked, which is not going to be fun. But but that's okay because God has a remnant, right? I think that our role is to be humble and mm -hmm. in humility to embrace them that yes. perhaps have invested yep. their time their support, their finances into a wrong entity, all right? But ours, ours is not to to belittle them, but to embrace yeah. them. And yes. Because we don't want to be fighting people. We're in the same, we're in the same, you know, army. We don't want to be, it's not friendly fire. We'd, we want to be focused on the enemy. And the enemy always wants us to shoot each other. Yeah. You know, and really, we're, we're all part of the same army and we're fighting the same battle. Amen. Amen. It's just once you start. They want you to start to see that battle for what it really is in the spirit. Angels are part of that, which is great that we can turn to them and understand that they're working with us and we're not alone. In the in the angel book, I say that when we step into a room, we are the majority because it's God, us, and the angels are there ministering through us and our words that we speak. And so realize that you're never alone. You're never in the minority. You are always in the majority, no matter what they say, whatever they do. And it's a bit like Jeremiah, don't, don't 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 turn at their faces and don't look at their faces in the sense that don't receive what they say about you because I'm with you. And before you were formed in the womb, I knew you and I called you. Amen. Amen. So important. So important. That is so good. My my middle names Leonard means lion like and Harold means bold uh, bold leader. And so I took strength from that and I went, God, thank you, because in my teenage years I hated that. And as I was growing up, but now spiritually, I go, oh, I can see it. There's, an, there's another truth there to you, Lisa, too. And for those that are watching, your middle name, because it's sandwiched between your first and your last name, can be a picture of you in the spirit. So what's the meaning of your ah, name? Interesting. So your spiritual man. All right. And uh, what I would suggest is there's a website called behindthename.com. It's one word, behindthename.com. It has adverts and that in it but it's very good in finding the etymology or the root meaning of a word. And so if you have a dream or a vision or somebody's name, it, it, it will show you. For example, if you saw the word Sasha, and I'll just go on for a couple of more minutes. If you saw the word Sasha in a dream, used in a dream, it would say Sasha, and then it would go from Alexander. You need to press on Alexander to find what the meaning is. And Alexander means protector. 
or so it's Jesus that you protect her. Oh, okay. So, so you you gave me the name. You gave me my son's name because his name is Alexander Michael. Ah, yes. Wow. Yes. Protector, protected. Yes. Yes. Yep. So you gave both names. So um, now I have to ask for my daughter, Samantha Rose, because both names were given to me. I'm not sure what Samantha means, but if you if 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 you look it up behind the Samantha, name.com. Yeah, Samantha is actually I, part of Samuel. It's the female well, Rose of Samuel. To me is, is Rose, I always see the Rose as love or Jesus, the Rose of Sharon. And so Rose, Rose of Sharon. That's what I thought. Yeah. We, we give roses, but always in context. When you're interpreting, it's really important to do it in context. It's not a formula. Yes. So, um, you know, I appreciate all the thanks and the, the, the people have appreciated our time together, Lisa, because I've appreciated it too. You know, there's food to eat of which you do not know of. And as I'm downloading to you, I'm, I'm, I'm being fed by it as well. God's, well, you know, I'm so glad that you're being fed because that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that you get fed. So with that being said, if you guys are interested in, in helping to uh, spiritually uh, feed him, drop him a message and tell him how much you appreciate him. And if you'd like to sow into his ministry, you can also go to his PayPal, which is Adrian at everrestministries.com. Dot com. So if you guys want to bless his socks off, which I'm hoping you guys are going to do, please do so. Also, you should be getting your copy of all three books because I truly believe that they, they really are the trifecta of the supernatural because it helps you with your dreams and visions. It helps you with the prophetic and it also helps you with angels. So it's like pretty much you will be, you're, you're going to have like a, a bunch of information at your disposal. And if you don't have a divinity code for interpreting dreams, um, I also highly recommend that, but I also on a side note, um, and I'm going to suggest Adrian's book, which is, um, just, uh, the, uh, the hit uh, I know it's, um, thank you. <laughs> hidden in plain sight. <laughs> Kingdom Mysteries Hidden in Plain Sight. You definitely want to get that because, like I said, it's such a great foundational book. Adrian, you rock. You are so awesome. Thank you so much for spending so much time with um, my viewers and my audience. You, you really have just really blessed us. Let me just thank you and thank the audience for their interaction and the comments. As I've read the, both the, uh, the YouTube and the um Periscope and Facebook. I really appreciate each one of those comments. All right. So they've encouraged me and they've directed our conversation, which has been fantastic. Thank you, Lisa. Bless Absolutely. You all. Hold on one second. I'm going to say bye to you off air and let me just say goodbye to everybody here. So you guys, thank you so much for, for tuning in, for hanging on, because my goodness, this was quite the show. I hope that you guys have been blessed by it. I know my goodness I was because this was such a great show, but this is the book, just so in case you didn't see it, Divinity Code, the <clears throat> Divinity Code to Understanding Angels. Definitely go out and get a copy. Make sure that you tune in next week because I have Gina Phillips. We are going to talk about, wow, we're going to talk about programming. We're going to talk about MK Ultra. We're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about because we're looking for your questions. That's right. It's going to be interactive with Gina Phillips. So we will see you next week on Touch by Prayer. Until then, don't forget to go out and touch someone. God bless.